Welcome everyone to Movies with Heart. I'm your host, Paul Fullhart, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Sam Fullhart. No relation. I, I think it's really important that we stress this because people keep yep. asking us every, about Every it. episode, we're never going to miss it. Um, yeah. But anyway, and so yeah, this week uh, you're joining us for our discussion of an old childhood favorite, uh, Small Soldiers, the movie about action figures and military. Uh, it's been been a long time since I saw it last. Sam, um, what, what's your history with this movie? Uh, thanks, Paul. I I loved this movie as a kid. I I know I've I've seen it many times. Um, when we decided to do this podcast, it was one of the movies I was most excited to do. I also like I, I remember telling a couple of my cousins about the podcast that we were going to do, and um, my cousin Jessica was like, "When are you going to do Small Soldiers?" Because she remembered just from like visiting us when we were younger how much we I, at least i think me and um perhaps uh some of my other my other siblings as well just how into small soldiers we were so um i i think i i'm sure a little bit of the initial appeal was uh, you know i loved toy story and so it's like oh another movie where toys come to life um and I, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, probably like 16 or 17 years. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember thinking it was, it was really cool. Like it has some pretty intense action. I believe it's PG-13. It was definitely one of those things that like, it kind of looks like a kid's movie, but then it definitely has some, some pretty edgy stuff uh, for, for a kid's <laughs> movie. So I, I, that was definitely also part of the, the appeal of it. Uh, what about you, Paul? What do you? Uh, what's your history with Small Soldiers? What do you remember about it? Yeah, and so yeah, now I'm I'm frantically trying to look up the the rating. Um, but <laughs> I can um, do that while you're <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, yeah, it's PG thirteen. Um, okay, nice. But which might be the first PG thirteen movie I ever saw. If that's the case. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I absolutely loved this movie as a kid. Um, it was one of those things where it felt like you know this is toy story for big kids like i'm <laughs> i'm i'm a cool cool awesome yeah older kid now that can see toys fight and do military stuff so i think that really appealed to me another aspect was this was my i saw this the first time at my oldest brother's birthday party and i felt like i was Ooh. it kind of went along with it of like it being toy story for big kids cuz i was also i was watching it with the big kids so i thought that was super cool and i'm pretty sure that our parents didn't realize that my parents <laughs> didn't realize this was pg-13 because there's no way that at the age that i saw it, they probably would have just easily let me watch this uh so that's um, pretty yeah. funny to see and then i, I yeah. remember or sorry i cut you off oh no go go for it I, just on that theme I, like i remember there being some some naughty language in this movie you know maybe the mm -hmm. s word or something and i was like kind of hoping that my parents didn't didn't hear that <laughs> oh yeah exactly um yeah and you know yeah you said like i loved action figures as a kid so it just really felt like my childhood dreams were coming true and they had some really cool stuff that they did with these you know different action figures turning into like guns and they did a lot of cool kind of retrofitting um weapons and it was 
yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I even I owned a lot of the action figures from this movie specifically, so I was uh, clearly oh, nice. a big fan. Um, so yeah, what do you, uh, what do you, what are your expectations going into it this time? Yeah, I'm really curious because th- this is the case of I think this is perfect for this podcast where it's a movie that I saw forever ago and really enjoyed and have not seen since. And I'm I'm really curious how it holds up. Just a little I did a little pre-work and I looked at like the, you know, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like a 48% critic score, a 45% audience. Metacritic was 46. So clearly not everyone who watched this movie enjoyed it (laughs) as much as i did as a little kid so it'll be interesting to see you know does this have anything that will appeal to me as an adult uh what what about you yeah i'm expecting to really like this movie i think okay i like the confidence yeah i think that the critics who reviewed it negatively are wrong um (laughs) even though i don't remember a ton about the movie i you know my I, and I did, I will say, I, I read a review of this movie, uh, I don't know, like half a year or a year ago, that was very favorable um, by this uh, Chicago critic, uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum. And he said, I believe, if I'm remembering this review correctly, he said that uh, Small Soldiers is a better movie about war than Saving Private Ryan, which came out, I think, the same year or around the same time. Wow. Um, okay. And, and uh, I don't know. That gives me some confidence. Yeah. yeah. And that actually makes me think we should do Saving Private Ryan because I, that's a movie that I probably haven't seen in 15 years. Um, I, yeah, I've never seen the whole movie. So, okay. It's one of those things that I was like a little young for. And then it's not the type of movie that you just sit down one evening <laughs> after work and go <laughs> just casually watch Saving Private Ryan. So, yeah. I, I could do it. But anyway, yeah, I'm really curious after hearing that because. It'll be, you know, and maybe it was just a lot of reviewers kind of didn't take this movie seriously and didn't really put in the effort to ever like really attempt to enjoy it and like understand it. So maybe there's hope. I know thinking back on it, like one of the songs that I can always (laughs) remember and is associated in my memory is the um, war. What is it good for? Four. That was a horrible rendition of it. But um, anyway, I was. I think not... people at least know what song you're yeah, talking hopefully. about. Yeah, hopefully. It's like a 50-50 on if they can even tell what song that was. But anyway. By Edwin Starr. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I remember thinking just how cool the song that was and how pumped it was. And then later in life, I've realized that that, that song's actually talking about how terrible war is. Uh, so it makes me wonder if I'm going to have this find similar themes in the actual movie itself of me as a kid enjoyed it from just a pure action standpoint but i wonder if there will be some other messaging in the movie like um which if you if someone claimed that it was a better war movie than private ryan that it it makes me suspect that those will be in there so that that's kind of exciting I had a similar experience with that song where, yeah, I just thought it was an awesome, like, rah, rah song. And then <laughs> in uh, my uh, uh, U.S. history class in high school, we, we did this project where, like, you would pick some song that had historical significance and you would talk about it. And um, my friend Anna chose the song War. And then I was like, oh, oh, this song is anti-war. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, I, I know that the... The soldiers are the small soldiers are the, are the bad guys. I definitely remember that much. So I think 
it'll and then there's like the gorgons i think that's what they're called are the the aliens and they're the good guys so i mean just mm-hmm. just the fact that 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 that's how that's who the good guys are and the bad guys are i think yeah. that'll be interesting that's um, that's a very good point <laughs> i hadn't really thought about that standpoint either and you got yeah you got tommy lee jones leading the charge yeah, the, that's right. Um, Tommy Soldier. Lee Jones. So I'm, I'm excited. The other thing I think I'm going to be looking for, which I'll be curious for more of like a does this hold up visually standpoint, is it is a movie that's like live action, I think, right? Yeah, it's With, live action. Yeah, yeah. live action. I was like, well, for a second, <laughs> I didn't want I was like, well, I don't want to be too off. But it's live action with these toys moving around. So I'll be curious that when this came out in 1998, It'll be interesting to see how well the visuals of those soldiers hold up. I remember yeah. it looking awesome, yeah. Um, but that was forever ago. So, well, it's interesting. <laughs> we'll yeah, I, I just one final thought for me. Uh, so, the director Joe Dante, he kind of started out doing like low budget, sort of, you know, schlocky movies, um, and um, yeah. but he he directed uh, Gremlins, um, which I saw. Uh, fairly recently, um, which I thought I, I thought that was really cool visually, and that came out in the '80s, and that's kind of a similar thing where you have this like innocent, sweet-looking pet that can turn evil. Um, mm-hmm. So based based on that, I, I'm pretty hopeful for these visuals. But yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to see. All right, um, I think that's all I had. Do you have anything else? Nope. Uh, let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we've just watched the movie Small Soldiers. I have a lot of thoughts. I'm super excited to talk about it. Sam, what what were your overall thoughts on the movie? Yeah, Paul, I really love this movie. And it was, I mean, every single scene as I was, like, I, I didn't know what was coming next um, a lot of the time. But, like, as it was happening, it was like, yes, I remember this. I remember this. Um, so just a flood of nostalgia. Um, I really, I really think that this movie taps into the, like the appeal of toy violence for boys, um, which like as a kid, I I was really into making my toys fight and kill each other. Um, and I also think that it has, uh, uh, an interesting, um, satirical, um, point that it's making. And, and I, I think that. I think that some of that actually resonated with me as a kid, um, just as a, I was kind of, um, you know, certain lines were jumping out at me like, Oh, I remember that. Um, and I, I think that I appreciate it even more now. Um, so, so very positive. I definitely think this movie holds up. How about you, Paul? Yeah, I thought this movie held up surprisingly well. First off, I think that which we'll talk more. I think the visuals were incredible, which a movie, from 1998 to have based on live action but with living <laughs> toys to have great visuals is very impressive um so i'm yeah and then i think i really just enjoyed it really cool like fun action um i think yeah i just re- really enjoyed it start to finish had some interesting um themes that it brought up and there's quite a few different like parallels and you could look into it pretty far I have, you know, some some questions about who who this movie was for. 
and if what what their intentions were with this movie a little bit. But for me, where I am right now, I really enjoyed this movie. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Well, I'm excited um, to talk more about the themes and who it's for. And, yeah. and I, I can definitely see. I, yeah. I mean, I think I think I've worked it all out to where it all it all makes sense. I, I well, I'm, see, I'm excited to hear about it. Um, yeah. I could certainly see why you might think differently than me. So I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to changing be, my mind. You know, you <laughs> might both be wrong. It'll be some yeah. interesting discussion. Um, but I guess to kick things off, uh, do you want to help us get through just a quick plot summary? I don't think it should take too long. <laughs> yeah. This one. Um, so, so there's this company, Globotech. We see a little ad for them at the beginning. And they... Mm-hmm. They're basically like they're a, a weapons. Uh, they they create military technologies, but they want to bring these technologies into civilian life. Um, <laughs> and they they recently purchased a toy company. Um, and the there's these two um, toy designers, uh, Irwin and uh, somebody else. Um, the they, other they guy. Have, <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Well, we um, can we'll look up the characters' names as we're going. Yeah, um, Larry. Larry. Okay. I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so they've created a new line of toys. Uh, Irwin's really excited about these alien creatures that he's made called the, the Gorgonites. And they're, they have um, left their home planet of Gorgon. They're on Earth. They're trying to make it back to Gorgon. And to do that, they have to like, learn about our planet. So it's, it's fun and educational. Um, Larry has created a, a line of uh, toys, uh, the Commando Elites, and they're they're soldiers, they're badasses, and you know they're you know kid kids want um, kids want action, uh, they they don't want to learn, um, and so <laughs> I'd agree yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, so the. Uh, the CEO or some big guy at uh, Globotech, he he decides that he's gonna gonna make the he's they're gonna do the the Commando Elites and the Gorgonites together. Um, they're gonna be one product line. The Commando Elites are gonna be the good guys. The Gorgonites are gonna be the bad guys because they're all hideous looking. Um, and then Larry, you know, really wants to impress the new boss, so he he decides to put this like really high tech microchip in the toys that basically gives them like really advanced artificial intelligence and like makes them capable of learning all kinds of, of things um so the toys the, get the movie sh- even says it doesn't just give them artificial intelligence oh, it yeah. gives them actual intelligence so right. it's one <laughs> right. step beyond artificial it's not artificial exactly so they basically <laughs> they have human intelligence right That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so the toys are are, are shipped out um and then uh, our main character, Alan Abernathy, he uh, he does some work at his dad's toy shop. His dad is kind of an, uh, a pacifist. He doesn't sell any violent toys. Um, and his toy shop is doing <laughs> terribly. No one buys his toys. So Alan um, thinks, oh, I, I'm going to take some of these uh, these new toys. I will put them on my dad's shelves, sell them early, make, make a quick buck for my dad. Um, Basically, the the Gorgonites and the Commando Elites get out of their packaging. The Commando Elites are trying to kill the Gorgonites. And because they're incredibly intelligent, they're quickly able to learn how to take advantage of their environment, create new weapons. 
Um, and that becomes a problem for the humans who, um, who you know, side with the Gorgonites. Uh, and uh, then there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, fighting. Um, ultimately, the humans and the Gorgonites defeat the Commando Elite, um, and then the uh, the toys are sent off to South America, where the military is going to use them to, uh, I think, take down some regimes over there. Uh, did I miss anything <laughs> crucial? Or is that no, I think, I think, the general? I think, yeah, I think we got the, the gist of the story yeah. there. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, now now that we've kind of gone over, uh, that's, so that's kind of what happens in the movie. I think a lot of what's great about this movie is a little more um, in the details. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe to start, um, I guess one thing I kind of just wanted to talk about the opening, um, some of the opening scenes, because I just thought that they were they established this movie so well. Um, yeah. In a little more more depth. Cause I just yeah, I thought they were so great. So I guess going um, I'm trying to. Yeah. Going to the beginning of the movie, I loved um, I love some of the, the corporate stuff. So you have, <laughs> you know, it's these. Two two guys, their toy making thing. One's more of like a straight lace. He he just wants to like make toys for the passion of it and like yeah. the love of the children. The other one's much more of a cynical toy maker. So you're already kind of establishing you're already kind of getting some stuff going there. And then you know, their yeah, their company gets bought by the military. Everyone at their company gets fired except for them. <laughs> yeah. Um and ironically enough, watching this movie. This is a Fox property, um, and they oh. were bought by Disney <laughs> um, several years later for most of them to get fired. So I just with some later knowledge, I thought that was interesting. Um, kind of was a little prophetic of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then they talk to this guy and, you know, the one guy's talking about educational toys and he's like, ah, boring. <laughs> the guy's like military and he's like ah oh, it's cool and then like yeah that's so that was fun but and then i think when you get into the actual scene where they're making the toys and they're showing the credits i thought that was like one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie the the visuals on like it kind of takes you through each step of these toys being made from like starts with the little programming stuff and then you start seeing like their components getting built up and more details being added. And it looks like for something I'm very impressed with how they were able to pull this off because it looks so realistic and good. I'm thinking a lot of it was practical. They had yeah. to set up. Um, they had, just, uh, or sorry, go ahead. I would go for it. So they had um, this guy, Stan Winston, who's like a, a really famous um, practical effects artist uh he actually worked on uh, batman returns um mm. like he kind of created the the penguin look um so yeah I, and and they did use a lot of like puppets in this um and they um you know b blended with cgi um but yeah when they're creating are, are you talking about like when they have like the outline of the of the um of chip hazard and it's like getting filled yeah. in yeah, it's so cool, and it it doesn't it like it looks totally real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and it, and it just I think something for me is like it just looks like something that would never be in a movie anymore because I think it would I feel like you typically would see something like that would be very CGI heavy, 
and just like this, like the whole the the sets, the conveyor belts when they're getting finished, they took the time and like just this like pretty quick, like maybe 30, 60 second opening scene to go through all of these like like intricate details on this. It's just there was a lot of attention to detail on that. And I just some yeah, that's not necessarily I'd say nowadays usually which I get it there for like time and cost saving reasons that would probably have just been chalked up to a quick CGI work. Cause there's no humans in this. So they could have made that pretty easily, but it's just seeing the practical, it just, yeah, really brings it to the next level. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, um, it, it really like very early on they they make it clear that these commando elites are going to be trouble. And I think mm-hmm. there's definitely an ominous tone to that op- to that o- opening credit scene too, where like yeah. it's so cool, but you also kind of and I think the music uh, really reinforces that too. Um, that it's like it's really cool, like militaristic uh, score. But um, yeah, so I, I was just uh, one of the things from the uh, opening scene with the two guys and the. CEO or, or whatever. I, I remember like the CEO saying something like, uh, like, don't call it, don't call it like war or violence. It's action. And, uh, exactly. as, like as a kid, I always like, like, I, I love action. You know, uh, that movie had such good action. And I think, uh, so I, that's kind of just r- right early on. Like they're getting you to think that like action is just a rebranding of war. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just, we're kind of, shifting your you we're not like calling it you know violence um but that you know that's basically what it what it is um so um yeah that's yeah. definitely a key key line in the movie yeah <laughs> for, for later <laughs> yeah um yeah so uh let's see should we talk about um because after after that we we get taken to where most of the movie takes place like a small town in in ohio i think um, mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about the the introduction of the main characters and just kind of um, yeah that yeah yeah, yeah. That, that sounds good. So um, uh, I think that there's kind of I like the in the characters I, I think there's like a lot of parallels and so so you start off with <laughs> the two guys left at the toy company the Irwin like the idealistic kind of you know bumbling like. Yeah. yeah, idealistic, but also kind of um, he's he doesn't really get what he wants. He's not he's mm-hmm. kind of ineffective in some ways. And then, you know, we, we find out that uh, Alan's dad uh, has a toy store and he's also kind of an, an idealistic. It's like he he only sells toys that he thinks are really good and that like, you know, are going to be good for children. And as a result, he doesn't really sell much of anything. Um so I feel like he's kind of a, um, yeah, basic, basically a, another version of the of the Irwin character, um, and then yeah. uh, and then Alan is also kind of uh, he's I mean he's maybe not presented as an as an idealist, but he's he's also kind of a, a loser. Like they've. Uh, They've had to move a couple times because of of him acting out at school. Um, he doesn't seem to have any friends. Um, so, um, and, and I and I think it's also his decision to uh, 
to get the toy, you know, the kind of instigating incident, um, he takes, he convinces the, the guy who's uh, shipping out the, the new toy line to give him a set um, that he can sell. He, he basically sacrifices his, you know, he compromises his dad's vision uh, in order to make some money. Um, and then yeah. <laughs> the rest of the movie is the consequences of that decision. Um, so he's, uh, he's also kind of like the, the CEO and just, you know, this is what, this is what people want. This is what sells. Um, let's give them what they want. Um, uh, what, what did you think about, uh, the, the, um, the main human characters in this, in this story? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about that. I mean, certainly from like going from my memory, I definitely, I really only remembered the toys if yeah. I'm going to be honest. Um, so that, that was definitely what stuck out to me as a kid. Uh, I, I honestly, I really I enjoyed the human characters. Sometimes in this type of a movie, you can, you know, have your like a Transformers effect where you're like, oh, I hate <laughs> the human characters or like Godzilla where it just the movie doesn't know what to do with the human characters, but it feels like it needs human characters to give people like a point of reference um, for the movie. But the, in this case, I think they they did know what they and I they did know what to use do with the human characters, and I think it's kind of as you said, they were able to draw a lot of parallels to the story. So it was kind of like we have this story going on with the toys, and then we have a similar but different and maybe slightly more nuanced version happening with the humans at the same time. So they're working in conjunction, and you don't feel like anytime it shows the humans that this is just like a little frame story that they need to, to give us something. And then, yeah, I thought, I thought the main boy playing Alan, I thought he did a really good job, honestly. Like I'm me too. <laughs> not, not an acting expert, but I, I really bought him and I re really enjoyed his acting. Um, how did you like, and then, yeah. And then um, Chris, Kristen Dunst was in this movie. Um, yeah, Kristen was, Dunst. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Kristen. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but yeah, and how 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 did you like her and like their relationship and everything? Yeah, I I really I totally agree uh, with all of that. Um, I think that I think it's funny because uh, some of the like if you just kind of describe the characters like at an abstract level, they seem like um, basically like sitcom archetypes, like. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is literally the girl next door. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think it's really well acted. And I think that like, there's so many parallels between the human characters and the, um, and the toys. And I think, I think with Kirsten Dunst, I mean, uh, she like, uh, she reveals early on that Led Zeppelin is her favorite band. And like, there's a lot of details like that, that kind of, like really endear you to her if you're at all like a nerdy boy. Um, so I, and I actually remembered uh, when I saw this as a kid having a crush on Kirsten Dunst. Um, and oh, yeah. um, as the movie says, she's not like the other girls. Exactly. <laughs> it specifically says that. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, yeah she, I, I think but the way she it, said, like, sorry, yeah, she's, yeah, she says, like, I'm not like the other girls. And she just, Gives this like sly smile to him, which I, I exactly. didn't really like. Yeah, um, yeah what were you gonna say? In cheek in the way yeah, he said. Yeah, yeah. And I think overall, yeah, I think honestly, just really all the performances 
were really strong in this movie. And I think, but I think a thing that helps it is I think that the writing throughout the movie is, is really good. And I think a lot of that comes from, they had very specific things that they were like wanting to say. And so I, I think there was never any time in the movie where they were just trying to fill some space with some dialogue. It, it was all, it was very purposeful kind of from start yeah. to finish. And so I think it was all they had, they felt the need to be economical and with their dialogue and therefore it was all like really worked well. Absolutely. Um, I was just thinking uh, a little bit. So the, the Gorgonites, they, they're programmed to hide and lose. So like yeah. they really nicely parallel <laughs> the kind of idealistic loser character, uh, human characters. Um, and and like and they're and they're also idealistic because they they're seeking this place Gorgon that like doesn't exist you know it's a mm-hmm. it's a fictional uh, planet th- that they are programmed to believe it. so I think that's also kind of interesting like the thing that they're trying to get to uh, you know I mean and and then it looks like at the end of the movie they're they're maybe going to find some version of Gorgon on earth. Yeah. So it's not like they don't think they found it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're, it's not like they can't get it. You know, it's not like they're just a completely lost cause. Um, but, um, yeah. And then on the other side, uh, so you have, uh, Kirsten Dunst's brother who really wants, he sees the toys and he's like immediately, uh, drawn to the to Chip Hazard and the Commando Elites, um, mm-hmm. he wants them for his his birthday. Uh, and then his dad, um, played by Phil Hartman, he's uh, he's like the you know he's the more successful next door neighbor. Like he's he's installing the latest uh, satellite dish. I mean, it's kind of funny watching it now. It's That's hilarious. Like, wow, this the like the most successful like. The, the image of suburban success is like getting a massive satellite dish in your yard. Um, yeah. And, and he's like cutting down, um, he's cutting down Alan's, the, the tree in uh, Alan's dad's yard uh, because it like, um, I think it would interfere with the satellite connection. Um, and he's a big, um, he's a big war buff. Um, I like, I, if, I, I know we were gonna. We maybe later we can give some of our favorite lines. But if I could just say one of my favorite lines right now, um, he says, uh, "I think World War II is my favorite war." Um, yeah, I, lo- just I love no, that. Not unprompted. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> just watch, watching some old war documentary or movie. Yeah, and it's like people dying on like people like getting shot, and he's just like, yeah, I think World War Two is my favorite war. <laughs> um, um yeah. so yes, so they have those two characters to to really parallel the the commando elites. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, let's see what uh, oh, man, do we want so to do? We want to just get into it. I think it's probably. I think the, the meat of this one is talking about some of like, um. You know, I guess either the themes or the action, probably like the biggest things yeah. I want to talk about. We definitely need to do both. Um, hmm. Let's see, maybe go, we should go ahead. And maybe you talk about the action. That's what I was going to say, too. That Perfect. Started. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So what, what were I mean, this is what I remembered of this movie from a kid. Mm-hmm. And this is what really sold me on this movie was it to me. 
It was like Toy Story for big kids is how I saw this movie. And it was really, you know, I, there was all the cool devices. And so, yeah, they show that these military guys, they have great, like a lot of intelligence and are resourceful. So they like find like their um, dad's like shop and they go go to work on building a bunch of because they, they quickly realize that their own plastic toys are worthless. Um, yeah. So I think they, there's even a line where he's like, you know, we need to upgrade or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, and um, and then so, you know, they have a great montage of them getting their awesome real world weapons. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that was so much fun. So you've seen the action figures with like actual dangerous weapons um, <laughs> and that kind of really, really set up for some fun, fun action later on. What were some of like your favorite parts in that? Yeah, I, I love it when they're when they're getting their weapons together and they're getting ready and another one bites the dust is playing. Um, I think that the soundtrack is really good in this movie and it like really, um, you know, it just, yeah, this, it really gets my you first into the exposure action. to queen and yeah. I, I went, went on to, then I learned about like the other queen songs and I, it's yeah. And I, this is, I think I didn't quite remember that that was in this movie just cause I've gone on to listen to that song so many times that I now associate it with so many different things. Yeah. Um, Versus like what um, the war song, like what is it for? I really have only heard that song primarily in this movie's context. So it's still like stuck to me as that song came from this movie. Um, yeah. But yeah. So many, um, so many good soundtrack drops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I also um, I think there's some good horror elements to the action, too. Um, like uh, so they they. Um, one of the sm- one of the commando elites gets killed in a pretty brutal uh Alan uh shoves him into the uh um oh what's the garbage the, disposal the garbage disposal um grinds him up uh and then they they take they take the chip from that guy and then they they use it to um to create to, to like imbue intelligence in Kirsten Dunst characters like basically Barbie dolls um and then uh there's a scene where she's like in her room and these like uh like half naked like disfigured uh barbies uh take her down um and uh and, and later like when when the family is uh or when when the humans and the gorgonites are are fighting the the commando elites and the barbie dolls they they it's almost like like zombies invading their home um and there's also there's like uh, there's a great uh uh chase sequence um uh where the uh, this is when when the song uh war is playing the commando elites come out of the garage and they're uh chasing after alan and uh uh what's kirsten dunce's character's name um it's christy christy yeah uh and yeah so i and I think, yeah, I think the fact that they that they blend like the the action figures always the toys always like look like they belong to the in the environment, and so there's never it's never like uh, it's just it's it, it's integrated so well that I, I think I think it ma- that makes the action action work so well that you're never like. This yeah, you don't you don't have weird. any uncanny valley effects. Yeah. They do a great job of blending the puppetry 
and the CGI to combine for, you know, great effects. And they, you know, I think that's, especially in this time, that's the CGI that really holds up. The CGI built on practical things. It wasn't like yeah. a, they, they didn't just completely create these toys. They made them and then they just did CGI to, you know, animate them a little more. But you're, it makes it a lot easier to get rid of that um, uncanny, yeah. uncanny valley that you'd see. And what I really love about scenes like the chase scene is so, so cool because it's so grounded in that the the devices that the toys are riding on or like all they took a lot of time and care into making all the parts that they're made of like real parts that you could find and you know they'd have to be a little more into like to wood shop and whatnot but for someone that had a shop they they would be stuff that you could find and they crafted these awesome vehicles and that was one of my favorite things as a kid was just seeing these machines it reminded me a lot of like the old show battle bots oh, i don't think <laughs> I i've seen that <laughs> You've, you've, you've seen it. Oh, wait. You even oh. participated. <laughs> oh, where people would create uh, Yeah, people would robots create would robots. Yeah, and oh, then yeah. run them at each other. They'd have like blade saws. They'd have oh, all kinds of different. Show. They'd have like flippers to just flip one on its back. Um, yeah. It was such a fun show. And that, that's exactly what like these vehicles that they created invoked for me, which I thought was so cool. Because it just made me as a kid want to go out and build Something like these. And then, yeah, and I think some of the other um, action scenes where, like, you know, at the end when they're invading the house, I think it's so cool the way they, they build these different, like, contraptions, like the tennis ball, flaming tennis ball launcher. Yeah. I think that's such a cool idea. You know, some of these different things, they're shooting nails and some yeah. other little, like, you know, they're shooting, like, the refill blades for, like, a box cutter. Uh, I thought there were such, like, inventive designs like it's very easy to it would be very easy to just have them have like you know fake guns or whatever yeah. but they, they took the time to figure out like all right if we had everyday objects what kind of things would we could we craft <laughs> to make some semi-dangerous weapons and so i think that really was fun um yeah and i think just they they did it you know it's hard because they're tiny so you have to somehow try to find a way to make them seem intimidating but i think they did a good job of like a little you know a lot of early on the toys they would go up against like a single human or whatever so then it made it you could more feasibly get it and they would come in prepared they, you know they were using their military tactics they'd have all their sharp objects and you'd see them like i mean they they like cut uh alan yeah in the action and then you know he's trying to get away but they they, they were able to convey that they actually did have some kind of threat to them, despite being like little toys that you could just like club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which they do a lot of times in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it was just, and I think, and also the action was just really well directed the whole time. Not yeah. only did they put all this time into creating these like really cool contraptions, but the way, the way it was shot was, it was really like evoked a lot of like, you know, war movies and just, the way it overviewed the battlefield and then kind of zoomed in yeah. on some more individual action. I thought that was uh, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, and there's a lot of creative ways that the humans kill the, the toys too, which oh, yeah. certainly I really liked as a kid and still enjoyed now. I, I mean, the, oh, yeah. 
Alan's the, mom uh, with the tennis racket's a classic. Yeah. Hitting yeah. the tennis, flaming tennis balls back out at them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, running over them with the, the lawnmower. Oh, um, yeah. And just bashing them uh, with, like, the crowbar. Um, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, should we get into the, the themes some more? Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about all this violence that we enjoyed <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed. Let's talk about what, what the movie was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. So um, do you want to start? I think you might want to start. because I, I think okay. you might have more fully opinions. And I, maybe we do... We, want to start you read some reviews i think this movie was pretty negatively received it was about 50 looking on rotten tomatoes it was about 50 yeah. 50 okay. i think a, a so, few more critics a, a small a slight majority uh reviewed it negatively yeah and so um, what were their biggest critiques on this movie yeah so one thing was definitely the violence um and there were some reviewers who were saying that if it if this wasn't you know toy violence this movie would be a hard r um <laughs> and uh and they they felt like uh yeah they, they so one they were worried about how kids would res- they thought it would freak kids out you know cause kids emotional distress um the, i don't don't get that uh i really enjoyed it and i think like i think if if you go see this movie you're gonna have a decent idea of what you're in for um Mm-hmm. So I, that that complaint I did not understand at all. But uh, I, multiple reviewers said, said were talking about how disturbing this was going to be for kids. Um, I remember That's... feeling a little sad when the the commando elite uh, gets destroyed uh, in the the dis, uh, disposal. Um, you know, the, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, um, but I wasn't like yeah. disturbed. I just yeah. thought it was a. Yeah, see, I don't get that at all. They clearly are out of touch with kids if they think this movie is going to do anything but excite them. Yeah. Um, But I I guess maybe, but I can, with that, exactly saying that, I can understand the critique of the violence. Um, Though I guess it is PG-13. So from a PG-13 standpoint, in line, I'd say. I don't get, I mean, yeah, there's no... I mean, there's a little bit of blood on Alan, but it's not like, I don't think the way that movies are normally rated, I think the PG-13 rating was was definitely appropriate for those standards. Um, uh, and so, yeah, the, the other, so the other thing with the violence is that, you know, they were, the reviewers thought that maybe it was glorifying violence or they thought that, the movie was being hypocritical. It was um, trying, you know, trying to satirize uh, the way that violence is sold, um, you know, in the media, um, while also, um, you know, being itself an example of, uh, you know, violence being sold yeah. to kids. Um, yeah, and so, and maybe we can transition this into theme talk because I'd say I yeah. come down similarly to those critics. So, okay. to tell me, tell me why that's not the case, Sam. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, well, wait, can you can you like say a little bit more about? Uh, yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. So I mean, so going on to the movie, you know, it's clear that the movie is trying to, which we'll talk more about what exactly it's trying to say, maybe. But it's clear that it's you know it's this military company that buys a toy 
company. They use irresponsible. They do irresponsible things. Don't properly test their stuff, and you know bad things are happening. So you have that going on. You have all of this um, violence, but it's all showing like the you know the terribleness of war and kind of the military-industrial complex, <laughs> if you will. And it's you know showing. Um, yeah, that this is something that, and it's a lot about like that in America, we're desensitized slash just kind of, um, you know, I guess new, like just don't really get affected as much. You know, it's like the one dad, other dad character where, you know, he's watching these war movie, this war stuff. But he's pretty disconnected from like the horrors of people dying and the hardships of war and is more like, Oh yeah, we're winning wars. <laughs> World War II is my favorite. So it's you know, I was trying to, you know, talk about that there really are ter- terrible aspects of war and I think, you know, I guess that's some of the basic stuff we can probably talk. I don't yeah. know, I haven't done a great job. But Oh, it's okay. Um hmm. so so I think that uh it is it wants you to, it's giving you violence that is supposed to be fun and exciting, but then it wants you to think about your responses to that violence. Um, so I think that it is, uh, you know, it, and it, um, it's, it references a lot of, of war movies. Um, there's mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of the commando elites are played by, uh, actors who were in this movie, the dirty dozen, which I haven't actually seen. Um, I, I only found out about this through some, some research. Um, and like another one of the, the actors, uh, who, who voices a commando elite, he was a big, uh, um, Western, uh, actor. Um, so that, you know, you're, and, and this is not something that kids are going to get. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, and they do also they do an interesting job of they're the villains of the movie, but they speak almost purely in like commonly known military phrases. Yeah, so they're they're able to use like things that people say, usually not in a negative way. And it's kind of showing a darker side to these things. How maybe some of these phrases, you know, maybe should think about a little more. Yeah, the implications yeah. of them is it's, it's an interesting way of kind of turning that around to have them as the the villains per se. Um, yeah. even though I will say it does kind of show at the end of the day it kind of kind of goes back a little bit and even tries to human humanize, I guess, is the best <laughs> word I can say for the military guys it tries to show that like at the end of the day they're just taking orders. And in this movie, the by orders, it's that they have these processing chips and they were programmed a certain way. And so it's kind of coming on like, you know, we have these mil- soldiers and they are being essentially, you know, programmed a certain way through their military training. And so it's, it's not, not necessarily, you know, I mean, you can blame them, but that it's also you have to blame, you know, the people that program them. I guess in this case, so it's kind of using the chips as kind of a stand-in for that, that they're just taking orders. And there's even, which I was going to say for the um, awesome lines, there's one late, late, late on in the movie where Chip Hazard is asking one of the characters and he says, um, are you scared? We're all scared. You'd have to be crazy not to be. 
I think that's such an interesting line because usually the soldiers have been pretty hoorah for most of the movie. And there's this yeah. weird moment of like solemnity in the movie yeah. where he's conveys that he's he's actually scared me, but he's conveying, you know, just following the orders this is what he's got to do. Um, I thought that yeah. was interesting. That is an interesting line. It's interesting, too, because he he's, you know, so Chip Hazard is voiced by Tommy Lee Jones. And mm-hmm. and the way he says that line, he doesn't really sound scared. So I I, I guess are we supposed to think that just that, like underneath that uh, kind of yeah um, underneath the facade the bravado yeah, yeah he's actually yeah um, and yeah I think I think that it's yeah I think it you know the 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 commando elites they're programmed they're just doing what they're programmed to do um, so I, I think the target is. Like, well, one, I'd say, like, why are we, you know, why are these guys the heroes? They're just, you know, they're just killing machines. Um, there's, you know, um, and then it's, you know, uh, it's, it's really um, satirizing, you know, the people like, I, I think it, it's mainly focusing on the, the way that like war is marketed and commercialized. So, you know, people who make war movies, um, you know, presidents who sell wars to the American public. Um, and yeah, it's really funny when, when there's like one speech that Tommy Lee Jones gives and he's just like taking random quotes from American presidents about war and it kind of like yeah. having them all jumbled together. They really seem <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that, um, I, I think that another reason why the violence, so having like, Having you need to have the violence because it is uh, it's about how violence is marketed uh, to people, and I think it'd be hard to have to have a movie about that without actually showing some violence. Um, and I also I think that for so for adult audiences taking you know um, taking things that are familiar to them from you know, their cherished, you know, war movies of the past, you know, the classics, the, the dirty dozen, um, there's references to apocalypse now, um, uh, all quiet on the Western front. I I haven't seen all of these movies, so I, I definitely missed, I'm sure I missed a lot of references, but so taking, taking all these things, taking your, you know, your favorite, uh, war lines from, from, you know, speeches about war and then making it about, toys i think that really kind of um it, it kind of yeah. uh and in, in this case it makes it, it seem silly yeah 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 and and, in this and case it, it is it's a defense yeah it has the silly it deflates it. of a, it's a defense company that's trying to basically get people more on board with war by selling war action figures yeah <laughs> um but all right and i think so, it's it's kind of connect it's saying like um you know, all of this stuff, it, like, it comes from this, like, you know, basic, uh, you know, um, th- this, like, kind of, ma- I don't know, basic or, like, brute uh, fascination with violence that that little boys have. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that it, I, I don't know how. And so um, here's my, here's where we get to my problem with the movie. All right. So yeah. we've had a good discussion of the themes and we've kind of gone what, what it was going for. And here's, 
here's where I, here's where I guess I have troubles with potentially just the entire concept of the movie. I don't know how it was it could work because I think me watching this now, and that's why I said I really enjoyed this movie. Coming back to it is because we can catch like pick up on these things and think about it, but I don't see any way that a you know an eleven year old is going to be able to watch this movie and they're not going to get any of the references that it's using to any of these things to understand that. I don't, and I don't see how they're going to be able to connect many of the lines of what this movie's going for. And what you're left after that is a action movie with a lot of violence. And for me as a little kid, um, what I took away from this movie, and this this is kind of where I kind of I kind of just use myself in, as, as an example. And my favorite characters in this movie were the soldiers. I'm gonna uh, be honest; those were the characters that I liked. Those were the characters that I remembered the best. I owned action figures from this movie. I only owned action. I had Chip Hazard. I had Nick Nitro. Legs could pop off and all. Um, and I had a couple other of the soldiers. So that was. Those are the only I didn't want to get any of the Gorgonites. It was the soldiers that really captured me. I think part of it was I thought their ingenuity with the weapons was super cool as a little kid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and they had the Queen song going for for them. I thought that was like, oh, man, these guys are hardcore. Um, so I guess that's the problem is me, me as a kid watched this movie. And my response was, I want to buy these military action figures. <laughs> so how is is that a potential problem? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it was interesting too. I was I was looking a little bit at the marketing and like they had to deal with Burger King, and I watched one of the the Burger King ads, and it also really focuses on the Commando Elite. Um, and I also looked at um, one of the I think the main poster for this movie, and the Commando Elite are really big, and the Gorgonites are really small. <laughs> so yeah. It definitely was marketed as, uh, you know, a movie about the commando elites. And an ironic twist of fate, which is something that I actually thought of when I was watching this movie in the early scenes. <laughs> and they're talking about how it's action, not like yeah. violence or whatever, is that the movie itself was marketed on action, not <laughs> violence. And they used... Instead of the, you know, the what had they kind of said in the opening scene is we're kind of like the more lame characters <laughs> versus like, you know, the the action cells or whatever. They they sold it on act. They <laughs> sold it on the military guys themselves. As yeah. Opposed to the Gorgonites. Yeah. I think is. I wonder what the creators thought about that. But um, so, so, yeah. yeah. So I'll say a couple things. One. When I watch this movie as a kid, I, I am, I'm confident that I, I was on the side of the Gorgonites. I really like the main, uh, the leader of the Gorgonites. Uh, what is his name? Archer? Archer. Um, yeah. Archer. Yeah. I think, um, I don't, I didn't recognize the voice actor for him, but I think he does a really good job. It's Frank um, Lingella. Okay. Um, I think I've seen him in other things. Like he's, he's by far the most, human seeming character of all of the, the toys. Um, and, uh, like, and I remember, and, and it, it got me this time too, when the battle's all over and they've, 
they've fried the chips. Uh, they think they've fried the chips on all the toys, and then they, they find out that the, the Gorgonites have survived. Um, they were able to, to hide. Um, I, I, you know, I think, like, I was even tearing up a little bit this time around. Um, <laughs> and I know as a kid, you know, that I was so happy that they had made it. So, so for me, I thought it was clear that the Gorgonites were the real heroes. I was, you know, I love the, the action and I, I thought the, the commando elite were, were really awesome, but I wasn't, I wasn't pulling for them. I wanted, you know, I wanted the Gorgonites to win. Um, and you know, I, I, I think, uh, um, I, I think that there's a lot in, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot in the movie that it, maybe it depends on your age. Maybe it's not, um, maybe not everybody is going to pick up on it, but, uh, you know, like you see how the commando elite were created. You see that it's just like, you know, this military company, you know, trying to, to, um, you know, sell violence to kids. Uh, I, I, I think at least some of that, even if you don't get the references to the war movies and you like, you don't get the significance of like the fact that, Ernest Borgnine is playing, is voicing one of the uh, commando elites and things like that. I, I, I still think that the basic satirical message, uh, you know, can can reach um, um, a like. I mean, I, I am, I'm, I definitely I'm got skeptical. I think. I mean, I, would, I was like five years older than you when when this movie yeah, came you, out. Yeah, you you so. were five years older, or well, I mean, we neither of us watched this movie when it came out. I'm assuming. Yeah, I was I was like three years old. Not even yeah. when this movie came out. Um, I hope I hope I didn't watch this as a two and yeah. a half year old or whatever. But I will say I think you were not. I I, I don't know if you were the best test. Ex- I think you're. I guess you're the perfect test example for this movie because I think you know I wouldn't have called you the most rowdy, rambunctious mm-hmm. child ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like. I just for your I don't know typical like middle school boy do you really think that they're going to take away from this movie the perils of like <laughs> war and that were being marketed um all like being able to pick up on like the ter- how like yeah the badness of like war marketing all of that that's yeah. kind of distorting us uh, and how as Americans were more used to violence Maybe yeah. other places versus just like woo, fun, <laughs> violent movie. I yeah, I, I I think you may very well be right about that. Um, but I, I think that I think it's okay if you just enjoy this movie. If as a kid you just enjoy this as a fun action movie, you know. I mean, I mean, the the movie is saying that the kid kids at least uh, boys are drawn to violence. And so it's not like, and I guess I, I've kind of always thought this about like violence in, uh, you know, um, in a lot of movies and video games. It's kind of like there is all this violence in in movies, bec- like partly just because that is something that we find like intri- you know intrinsically fascinating and kind of appealing. And so you know, I'm kind of skeptical about whether it's like making kids more violent and i think at least uh, yeah for- in that case i yeah i do agree with you there i don't i don't like i don't think that that's necessarily that the argument that that's bad 
like for kids is true. Like I, you know, okay. yeah. I, I'm firmly, I think that, you know, it's like the old classic Oh, video, violent video games <laughs> are going to make our going to be bad for our kids. And I, I don't believe that in the slightest. I think yeah. kids have a clear understanding of the separation. I just, I don't think that they're similar at all. I, th- yeah. And I think there's a lot of things that people actually positive things people can take from video games instead. Yeah. Um, so I'm certainly, yeah, on from that side of it, I totally just, yeah, I don't think it's a problem. I think maybe it's a problem more if you're going of like a, yeah, I don't really take that criticism. Maybe I more say it's as from an ideological standpoint, mm-hmm. it seems a little, as you said, some of the reviews said, maybe a little hypocritical of this movie to try to say, you know, to try to be about like be against something when it is kind of forwarding the cause instead well, potentially I think that it I think that it is it's against well I think that it is um let's see I might uh might take me a second to get this out right but I think that it is um it's so it's aware of the how like appealing violence can be you know even like young Mm -hmm. kids um and it's trying to say like beware of the way that this kind of um that this like intrinsic fascination fascination with violence can be exploited to uh you know to even to adults to like to sell us Mm -hmm. on on war um so you know, um, I, I, I think that I think like if that's the message, like it's not hypocritical to to say that we do like in at least a lot of us like enjoy violence on some level um, and to uh, give us give us some more of that. But it's, um, you know, it's. uh like it is saying like you, what you think of as like for your typical, you know, American who hasn't actually been to war and even maybe, I mean, I've, I remember talking to a, a vet at this uh, internship that I worked at and he was telling me how so many of the people who uh, were with him, like in Afghanistan, they, they really like came in thinking that, you know, that uh, the violence would be like movie and, and video game violence. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's telling these people like, this is what, what you think of as well. This is something that's like been so- sold to you as like, um, you know, f- for, uh, you know, by, uh, business interests and, you know, um, and, and such, uh, ter- like it's, it is kind of, a, it's like a, it's a boy, it's a boy's fantasy in a I, way I that has like really devastating think... real world consequences. Yeah. Well, I... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's sold by companies. I think companies are selling something. And then the military, I think it's the military that sells that this is like that thing. I think that's where yeah. the issue is. And it's not that the company's doing anything. I think it's that it's if you look at the military advertising, it's very predatory. <laughs> it has a long track record of doing very predatory things for like advertising to children and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so I think I think that's where the connection is bad is when they try to when it's the actual military themselves that try to tell people it is just like the video games and movies mm-hmm. that you play. So I don't think it's the video games and movies fault. 
for having that because they don't they're not saying that this is what real military is like like it's when the actual military says that this is what it is like that there becomes yeah. a problem um, well, what about what about so, war movies like don't, i think that it is it is uh satirizing war movies uh so that is directed at you know directors and and writers and you know the the studios that make these movies yeah yeah and i think and i think that's an interesting scene again i think this is where i have to like divorce like me as an adult yes i totally am with you and i think yeah. these are really interesting things from the movie i'm just arguing that like a kid's not going to get any of this um and so i guess to me it comes down to well, and all right. First, I think there's some interesting things to talk about this. So I want to just finish this yeah. thought before I try to discuss, try to refute it anyway. Because um, I'm not refuting it, I guess. I'm just um, talking about audience issues potentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really thought that the character of going back to the the neighbor um, Phil, which I guess that's hilarious that his name's Phil and it's played by Phil Hartman. Yeah. I noticed that <laughs> it went all out on that name, <laughs> but um. Anyway, I think he's such a great example of that. Of he's been watching all these movies, and then when he gets faced with "quote unquote" oh. the perils of war in the movie, his first inter- <laughs> after like saying like "oh, hoorah," you know, his first thought is I, "I'm surrendering immediately." Yeah. Is when it gets serious, and I think that's a great thing because I think there are it speaks to there's so many people that sit back like in in the U S and are like hoorah war, um, from a distance. And it's easy to glorify it from a distance and mean, and say things like, you know, this is our soldiers, like honor and duty and pride to uphold our country's standards out in the war. And like, they yeah. need to sacrifice themselves for the glory of our country, but they're not out there. The people saying this aren't the ones that are out there themselves. Right. And it's very critical and they're completely desensitized to what it actually is like. To fight and they don't know like that i mean i don't think there's it's not always a lot of honor in war yeah it's not 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 quite as pretty as you make it look so i think that is yeah i really enjoyed that as i thought that was a great aspect of the movie that they used that what could have been like a throwaway like annoying dad character yeah. actually was very tied to the themes of the movie yeah and just shows how well it was working on so many levels. So I mean, again, yeah, so all this to say, I love, I really like the movie. And I think that yeah. it was working on a ton of levels, but just, I think it kind of goes back to, for me, of who, who was this movie meant for, right? Cause it's kind of marketed as Toy Story for big kids, <laughs> but it seems like most of the messaging, like, I don't think that that audience is gonna understand the movie. I guess is what yeah. it comes down to. So and again, that okay? I mean, it's, it's hard to say because I, I think that I picked up on some of this, and like I we'd have to do a get a, a larger sample size. But but I yeah. think that <laughs> even if you're right, like I don't think there's anything wrong with like a really fun, inventive, uh, you know, visually stunning. Um, you know, movie like kids can appreciate all of that. Those those are all mm-hmm. great things. And then the you know the adults uh, can and you know the teenagers and whatnot they can appreciate the the, the satirical uh, um, points that this movie is making about 
you know, the commercialization of war and the disconnect, um, you know, between, uh, you know, what, how war is sold to us in, in movies and through the military and, um, you know, the, like, how bad it actually is to be, have people shooting at you. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, like, a great, a sign of, like, a great, kids you know i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know what whether it's See, the problem is, is i don't think it necessarily is like i i yeah i i know what you're saying the sign of great kids movies that kids and parents can enjoy it yeah but exactly I, I don't know what this age what like what is this age range for kids because i guess it's it's seen it since it kind of has the toy story-esque feel it seems like you even though it is, it is does have a PG thirteen rating, so I think that helps. But I think it would be easy to say that you could get a kid that was too young for this movie going to this movie based on the way that it was advertised. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, when did you see your first war movie, Sam? I, I uh, how honestly, how old do you think you were? I think it was Saving Private Ryan, and I I think I was like fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So like. Um, this like saving private Ryan. So yeah, I guess that that's kind of the hard thing is it is like a war movie. It's not mm-hmm. like a action movie or something. You know, it's very different than like a, you know, Star Wars. It's technically a war, but it's a very different, mm-hmm. you know, it's like sci-fi fantasy. You know, this, uh-huh. this movie is like much more directly talking about war and like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the. It might be a little be reaching maybe too young of an audience in some okay. ways for it to be just like a straight up war movie. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll say a couple things. One, even though I hadn't seen any war movies, I I think I was still familiar with some, yeah, some of the imagery, and and, and I was certainly familiar with some of the the lines that the commando elites say, you know, ask not what your country can do for you. Um, and, and the other thing is, I, I think that for the, like, for the satirical uh, message to work for adults, it needs to be kind of a kid's movie because it's kind of, it's taking all of these things and deflating them but by making them, by putting them in the context of a kid's movie with toys. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um for it to work for adults, it needs to be a kid's movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I guess, yeah, I, I mean, I probably saw this movie at like seven or eight. So I did not get any of the references. So I, yeah, I, I definitely think, I think, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend this movie to someone that wasn't like, you know, more than 13 or 14 years old. I guess I, I, for, for me, like it, it, it does such a good job of like tapping into like what's fun about, about toy violence and play violence. And like, it, you know, I would, so if I was showing this to my kids, I, I would want to talk to them about it. And I, you know, um, I would, yeah, I don't know. It just seems kind of hypocritical, I guess. If its whole message is like about like the perils of marketing warfare but for anyone that's like for its main demographic to really just be like a 
like a war, uh, like a kid's war movie seems kind of, again, hypocritical, I guess. I'm not necessarily saying it's a flaw with the movie, and I enjoyed this movie as a kid. And, you but know, the, those think, kids can't think, go to the theater by themselves. They're going to have to have I their just, parents I just, come along. I think, I think there parents. is, I think the message gets lost in the terms of you're marketing this as it's like, you, in the way it was, I think the message gets lost in terms of who this movie was actually, the audience and like the marketing of this movie really muddles things, right? Does that make sense? I think the, I think I will agree with you that the from what I've seen in my research about the marketing of the movie, I do think that that kind of muddle, muddles it a little bit. I mean, I think you can kind of appreciate the the irony of it, um, but um, I agree with you there. Maybe I feel like I've said basically everything that I have to say on this point. So may, we might have to. Are you okay to just leave it at that? Oh, yeah. And then yeah, I think, listeners can, can decide yeah, uh, for themselves. We, we can have a... Yeah. Well, no, we don't one need to do One kind of last point that I'll say okay. is that I think you have to keep in mind for the most of these reviews that were made, these are people that are watching it right when it came out. So they're in the midst of all of the marketing and they're much more connected directly to like, this is the intended audience for this movie and this is how this and this is so they they're the ones that are like going to be the most susceptible to picking up on the um kind of two-sided kind of two-faced nature of the movie versus like you know us watching it now we're totally disc separated from all of that aspects of it so it's yeah we're in a little different of a lens than someone that would be reviewing it then would be wanting to make sure parents were aware of you know what this movie was doing <laughs> and basically marketing on what it was saying was bad um yeah that's fair i i will say um i i think a lot of the reviewers didn't really get a lot of the satire from the reviews that i, I read like a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about does not come up in the reviews okay. um but I do, I do think, yeah. Maybe that's a, also a problem if the adults couldn't pick up on <laughs> what the yeah, movie was talking about. I, <laughs> I think I think most the most charitable interpretation is just like you said, they their viewing experience was framed by the marketing campaign and by going in thinking this is a kid's movie. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, well, all right. That was a good discussion. Um, we'll yeah. kind of maybe lighten things up. Um, <laughs> Do we want to maybe um, do we want to talk about some nitpicks? Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I can't say that I I have any uh, off the top of my head, but let's hear yours. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the big ones is that I think is hilarious is that the toys they're they're they, they, you know they're created in this factory. They have these chips that make them come alive, but for whatever reason, they are compelled to want to follow Toy Story rules of engagement with humans. From the moment they're opened and, you know, immediately they just act like toys when they're seen. And then when the adults look away, they start doing toy stuff. So um, why, 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 are, why do they follow the same rules as Toy Story? <laughs> hmm. That's a good question. I let me think. Well, so they're, they're learning a lot as they go. So they at the start of it, they are supposed to be more toy like. Um, but what, why would that compel them to not interact with humans, but immediately interact with 
toys and move themselves once the humans disappear? Why mm. wouldn't they just start doing that? <laughs> when yeah. Over there? Uh, yeah, I think that, that that's tough to explain. <laughs> I, I mean... I think it's just funny. Obviously, yeah, it's just because uh, they're going off of Toy Story, so that's kind of just what they're going with. Yeah, and um, you don't want the human characters to know right away what's going yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they're trying to just kind of <laughs> say, oh, maybe if we just hurry through, they won't. Yeah, um, I, just, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Uh, I really enjoyed the in they get the toy makers. They get bought by this defense company, and they're given just hand-waved full military clearance like the biggest military clearance possible in like a second they did no paperwork nothing they just have it um yeah i i, I, I yeah i thought that was funny <laughs> yeah wow let's see um all right let's see another one um the people in this movie do not seem particularly bothered by the creation of toys or slash amazed by the creation of living toys. They, they every time a care, a person is introduced to these things, you know, sometimes they have a reaction of fear, but in general, they're pretty muted in their their responses to the discovery that we have sentient toys running around. Um, yeah, like I mean, even the other parents, they just immediately like, oh, they're sentient toys. Shoot, you're right. I guess I got to go surrender to these toys. They don't even like talk about the fact that. Yeah, to manage to do this incredible feat of living toys. I definitely the parents' reactions are a little baffling. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> like with Kirsten Dunst, her introduction to these toys being alive is like they, you know, they tie her down and like. So mm -hmm. I, I get why that would like, you know, yeah, you would pretty quickly be like, okay, this is this is real, like this is happening. Um, I don't have a lot of time to process this, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, the parent you would think the parents would be, be talking <laughs> I think about that'd be a pretty mind blowing. Like I had no idea yeah. that the technology was at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, just kind of in general, the fact that they created not only artificial intelligence but actual intelligence in a <laughs> chip, which doesn't actually make any sense. But yeah, um, I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't care about that. Like that's just yeah. technology. But the, <laughs> no, people don't. People, you think people might be talking about this creation of intelligence that was achieved <laughs> in a laboratory? And so, for, for was computers. this the, like was this the first application yeah, of this technology? They decided since it didn't work for against since EMPs could disrupt it. They're like, all right, let's can it. They it seems like. The first thing they should have thought of in terms of consumer products was, hey, we created intelligence. Why don't we apply this to consumer products? Yeah, right. <laughs> like that is basically and, like trillions of dollars are like all the money in the world's being put towards that effort right now. Everything is becoming connected to like the right. Internet and trying to use as much intelligence as we can create right now for consumer things. I mean, just yeah. from the standpoint well, of like call centers and stuff like that. Well, right. It's like incredible. for automating, automating the workforce. Like, yeah, it's surprising yeah. that they weren't yeah, using it for that. It's like a multi-trillion dollar idea that they came up with. And like, yeah, yeah EMPs get it. Let, let's just can it. Um, yeah. That. One, one thing. Um, so yeah, that was, that was another one that I thought was That's funny. That's a pretty big um, one. Yeah. yeah. You know, obviously, like these are complete nitpicks. I don't actually yeah. think that just make it clear for everyone. These are not actual knocks against the movie. 
a good yeah. movie, you're going to be just going with it. And it's it's a movie. It doesn't need to be about toys coming to life. That's the premise. You don't need this to work perfectly. It's just. And maybe they were going to get to that soon anyway. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. It's just fun. Sometimes fun to pick a little nit. Absolutely. Um, and then let's see. All right. Uh, there is. OK, some other great ones. All right. I think I have one kind of final nitpick um that i wanted to all right i'm trying to find oh yeah no one calls the police until the very end of this movie when they have cut the phone lines but what about when the huh. store was like destroyed seems like even if you did know it was the toys i would still just probably call the police and be like hey my store was broken into oh um, it's like a cover it's something. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it might be a good idea to get them involved. They can at least start yeah. detecting. And just later on when people get attacked, it takes them a long time to, to go with the police option. Like they, which I get, you know, they don't want to sound crazy, but mm. it feels, feels like other people saw these things occur. Like why didn't, like, sure, it makes sense that Alan wouldn't want to call the police because he knows they're toys and he doesn't want to be called crazy. But why didn't Christy want to call the police when she found out that this boy's store has been broken into. Right. <laughs> yeah. She has no reason to not want to call the police. She doesn't know about the toys at that point in the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, That's a that problem in a good, lot of movies. I mean, yeah, the, the calling the police calling aspect police. is, uh, yeah, that's a movie. That's a movie staple. No, no one calls the police. <laughs> that's for lame-os. Um And then the one thing that's not really a nitpick, but I just wanted to, just mention it as I, I think this is early on in the trend, but any movie that has like this, I, this might have been the first one in a, in a new movie trope. It might have created the trope, but any movie that involves an EMP feel is contra somehow contractually <laughs> obligated to explain what an EMP is in great detail to the audience for like <laughs> multiple minutes. And I, they, they had it in this movie. I think this movie is early on, so I'm going to give it some grace because. Probably most people watching this movie didn't know what an EMP was in 1998, but we've had like 30 movies since then that have also <laughs> gone in great detail about what an EM exactly an EMP it is. I just I always have to mention that in any EMP movie. That's just what I'm, what I'm here for. Um, let's see. All right, so we got that. Yeah, so we had that little fun section. Another yeah. fun one is I think this movie had a lot of great lines. I know yeah. I wrote down. Quite a few. Did you, did you write down some as well, Sam? Yeah, yeah. Let me. Do you want to just pull them up. just kind of go? Well, I guess we'll, while you're waiting, um, I can kind of go. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's see. All right, we'd already covered some. All right, one. This is. I don't really. I didn't get the line, but the mom asking um, about like if he was taking drugs or <laughs> she she was asking about the drugs. I thought that was hilarious. And yeah. she like just go, goes down a list of some hardcore drugs. Coke and she, yeah, she starts out like easy, and then all of a sudden it's like coke, crack, crystal yeah. meth. Yeah, <laughs> she just like goes wild with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think the World War II uh, is my favorite war. Uh, that's <laughs> that's probably my oh, yeah. that's my favorite line. That's a great line. Um, um, yeah, one, one uh, line that really stuck with me as a kid, and that I yeah. remembered the whole time was when one of my favorite characters, my man Rick Nitro, when they yeah. open up the garage to see all the different tools, says, "This place is a gold mine," 
Oh I yeah, that was like that's the, just like one of my favorite. It was just oh, to me a as a kid, one. I thought that was such a, the way he says it. He has such a good voice. Yeah. Um. The, the that was one of the problems. They gave the military guys the coolest voices. Their voices yeah. are so much cooler than the Gorgonites' voices. So how I, could I not like them when they sound so much better? <laughs> well, yeah, on the Gorgonites' voices. So I like the the British guy who sounds kind of dumb. <laughs> um, I, I like mm-hmm. him a lot. The the one guy who is like basically like a zany Tasmanian devil. Yeah, Tasmanian yeah. devil. He could be a little annoying at times. Uh, yeah, even though he had a great line, he comes oh, out yeah. with his um, ball and chain, and he's like, oh. this <laughs> he makes a <laughs> ball and chain wife for He's like, this is my wife. She's a real ball and chain <laughs> as he spins it around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty good. Uh, um, oh well, I like. I liked. Uh, let's see when Tommy Lee Jones is removing the chip from Nick Nitro. He says the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Um, <laughs> I just using that line in that context where they're like defiling his body um, to bring Barbies back to life. That was just great. Oh um, yeah, that was awesome. Okay, let's um, see. All right. Oh, well, I don't know. This is the line itself is only part of what's what I like about this. But mm-hmm. uh, um, the the commando elite start playing wannabe by the Spice Girls. Yeah. And then uh, somebody's like, what are they doing? And then somebody else says psychological warfare. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, uh, that was a oh, song yeah. that I like. I really remembered that from the movie. too. Oh, yeah. It's like it's basically all a classic rock soundtrack. And then wannabe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then everyone in the movie agrees that it's like terrible and annoying. Yeah. Other than the one mom that's on drugs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I love this song. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, do right. you have any more quotes? Um, I think that pretty much we already mentioned a couple early on that. That kind of cleans me out. Do you have any, yeah. anything else well, there? I, I just I have another uh, segment that I want, wanted to that we, I did this for Pirates of the Caribbean where I talked about how similar that soundtrack is to um, Gladiator and some other Hans Zimmer soundtracks. So I, I want to do something similar here. Um, so when I was I, I remembered the Small Soldiers score, um, sorry, score, not soundtrack, um, mm-hmm. and uh and I was really enjoying listening to it this time around. And then I was like, oh, this really reminds me of Mulan. Um, and then I, I found out that, uh, so Small Soldiers came out in 1998. It was scored by Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, Mulan came out in 1999, also scored by Jerry Goldsmith. Um, huh? And th- <laughs> there you go. so this is not, I, I don't think that these scores are as uh, as similar as uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't pick up on it. I'll say that at least. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, but uh, I just, uh, for the for the listeners who are curious. Um, yeah, which so, songs should we check out? Yeah, so, so you're going to have to look up the Small Soldiers score on YouTube. So just uh, search Small Soldiers score. Um, and I, I think it's the first thing that comes up. And then it's the, the go to the third song. And about 50 seconds in, it might be 49 seconds, start, um, start playing it. Um, and then compare that to uh, on the Mulan score. And you can find this on Spotify. 
Um, the song is called uh, Sweet from Mulan. It's sweet, right? Yeah, Sweet from Mulan. Um, and go to about the 34 second mark um, and just just compare those two, two scores. Um, both great. Um, and mm-hmm. I think they both, I think the Small Soldiers one is more kind of U.S. military vibe. The, uh, I think the, the Mulan score works well for, for ancient China. Um, so yeah. this is not a, a criticism of Jerry Goldsmith, but um, there's, there's definitely a, a strong mm-hmm. resemblance. Used, uh, used a similar starting point potentially yes. <laughs> on a couple of the songs. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the score, and I think it added a lot to the movie. And all, it really, yeah, it just yeah. added so much like tension and just excitement. And yeah, it, it was a huge part of the movie. Uh, yeah, so can't absolutely. There. Um, I have one kind of final little mini segment, which mm-hmm. is we mentioned all the. There's a bunch of references to war movies and such. There's also references to some other movies as well. I kind of wanted to mention. I don't know if you had any, um, uh, but I don't think so. All right, one of my favorite. Uh, they have a reference to the trash compactor scene in Star Wars. Uh, it's where they're oh. in like the little junk, and the little like creature pops out. And in this one, one of the Gorgonites is a creature that's like an eye off of a long neck. And then yeah. there's a scene when they're they find them in the trash, and it pops its eye out in a very similar way to the Star Wars scene, <laughs> and then comes back down just like the scene. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that Star Wars reference. And then it's, this isn't as quite of a specific reference. There's definitely a lot of Terminator in this, oh, in the genes yeah. of the, um, especially the, the military action figures and the way they look when they don't have their mask on it. Like, yeah. it basically looks like they built, they basically copied them off of Terminators. <laughs> yeah, being yeah. Honest. The, the entire soldier's existence is basically a Terminator reference in terms of how right. they were built. Um, they they look exactly like the T one. It's the T one thousand, right? That's whatever Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger's design is. Mm-hmm. Is what what they made kind of made them based off of. So I just yeah wanted to yeah point point those yeah. two things out. And with that, well, I think I'm actually on... wait, wait wait. I just thought of okay. a, a, another movie reference. Okay. So yeah. the password that Irwin gets <laughs> yeah. is Gizmo, Gizmo, and the Gizmo is the name of kind of the main gremlin in gremlins uh another joe dante yeah sure i should have thought about that you literally talked about this before that it was he made gremlins before we did this yeah did i not wow yeah (laughs) Yeah, i should have i should have gotten good good find oh Um, thank you yeah it's also a terrible password to think of that it is a bad password. <laughs> this was nice. the early days of the yeah, internet. You know? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, this is before people knew, like, needed to have 30 character passwords with every yeah. symbol. <laughs> but, all right, with that, I think that we did anything I wanted to talk to about this movie. It was a lot of fun. I really yeah. enjoyed the movie. I may have, yeah, I think for me now, it was an absolute blast, and it really held up well. Yeah. Surprised, so, you have anything, any final closing thoughts? No, this was this was great, and it was fun to have. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was a it was a productive uh, discussion, a nice little disagreement. Oh yeah, it's good good to have from time to time. Yeah. All right. So with that, um, yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, follow us on you know Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the others. Do the rating and the reviewing or whatever you do. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us. 
um, can follow us at um, Twitter. It's at Movies with Heart. And you can reach out to us um, at moviesfullofheart at gmail.com. With that, thanks for listening. <laughs>